is Unexpected with Hannah Love. In this podcast, you will gain a new perspective of how God loves you enough to call you to things that you couldn't have imagined for yourself. This October, walk with your kids through God's Word with Talk About, the family discipleship subscription from Awana. Through the current Talk About series, Call on Him, you and your kids will study the scriptures to learn how to call on God through prayer anytime and about anything. Together, you'll ask and answer three big questions about prayer. How should I pray? What is prayer? And what should I pray about? With your monthly subscription to talk about, you'll receive an email each week with your family discipleship bundle, including a simple yet thorough conversation guide to share scripture with your family, weekly hands-on activities to apply God's Word to your kids' everyday life, and bonus materials including coloring pages, memory verses, parent prep videos, I know I need those, and playlists, and so much more. So help your kids walk with Jesus for life and turn to Him in all situations today with Talk About. Try one free month with promo code Hannah on TalkAboutDiscipleship.com. Again, that's promo code Hannah on TalkAboutDiscipleship.com. I really prayed on what story to share today. As I prayed, I kept feeling pulled to the story of Sarah. As soon as God told me who, I knew exactly what I was to share about her. It's not just any part of her story, but a part that nobody talks about. So, as I went back to refresh myself on the details, all I could think was, Sarah lived through things that many women have lived through. Shame, confusion, and very likely a sense of inadequacy. Before I jump into her story, I'll piece in a little of my own. I think it's important to understand why I read Sarah's story and saw things in it that may be overlooked by others. Let me explain. I've made reference in past episodes to a season of my life that was full of heaviness. Though I don't like to dwell, I do hold on to the reminder that that season grew me in important ways. Along with that growth, though, came a lot of wounding. Some of the wounds were consequences of my own actions, but some were also out of my control. I think that's a hard truth that many people live with today. The understanding that we could have made better choices or avoided situations that ultimately hurt us. But I also think there can be a lot of confusion around circumstances out of our control. And that nagging notion that maybe just maybe there was something we could have done to avoid those life-impacting wounds. For me, a choice I made was to be in a relationship with someone I knew wasn't right for me. Before long, I felt isolated and trapped in an abusive situation. I didn't know how to escape. It felt far from my control, and it went on for years before I found the courage to remove myself. And before I started doing a lot of healing work with the Lord, that season also held a lot of shame. There was grief and anger and resentment, but mostly there was a heavy sense of shame that I let it happen or even let it continue. Now, because I do have firsthand experience, I can say with all sincerity that those feelings of guilt 
shame, or inadequacy are ones that Satan loves to wield against us, if we let him. Thankfully for me, God led me out of that season, like coming out of a black tunnel by following a pinprick of light that gets bigger as I draw closer to it. He pulled me out of it with a knowing that He wanted more for me. I'm so grateful for that. And I'm grateful for those who prayed over my heart during that time. And even though I was able to come out of it with renewed strength in Christ, I can also see how people could hold on to those wounds for years, grasping in the dark for the why, wrestling with feelings of worthlessness, unknowingly letting the enemy keep them in the dark, whispering, you did this to yourself, or nobody will love someone as broken as you. I could see how the enemy would do his best to use every one of those lies against someone to keep them from their calling. Now, I'm not saying I didn't wrestle with these thoughts on occasion, but what I did have was a foundation on the one true God. He was the one wrapping me in light and whispering the truth of who he was to combat the lies. So today, I wanted to do the same for anyone out there who has yet to escape the darkness of their own past. I hope and pray that the story of Sarah will be just the reminder that you need. We won't have time today to cover every piece of Abraham and Sarah's story today, so I'm going to do my best to give you a little background. And then I'll jump into the passages that don't get a lot of attention. And there are some pretty wild details, if I do say so. So most of us will already know the story of Abraham. At the age of 75, God tells him to leave his native land and go to the land he has promised him and his future descendants. At this point, Abraham is still Abram. God changes his name later on. And his Sarah was still Sarai. But God also changes her name later to Sarah. Anyway, Abraham took his wife Sarah and his nephew Lot with him when they left the native land. Sarah would have been around 65 years old at this time. So they obeyed God, left the native land, and slowly began passing through the land of Canaan. But then there was a famine. So this is where I'll pick up reading scripture in Genesis 12, verses 10 through 20. Then a famine came into the land. Abram went down to Egypt to live. It was a hard famine. As he drew near to Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarah, Look, we both know that you're a beautiful woman. When the Egyptians see you, they're going to say, Aha, that's his wife, and kill me. But they'll let you live. Do me a favor. Tell them you're my sister. Because of you, they'll welcome me and let me live. When Abram arrived in Egypt, the Egyptians took one look and saw that his wife was stunningly beautiful. Pharaoh's princes raved over her to Pharaoh. She was taken to live with Pharaoh. Because of her, Abram got along very well. He accumulated sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, men and women servants and camels. But God hit Pharaoh hard because of Abram's wife, Sarah. Everybody in the palace got seriously sick. Pharaoh called for Abram. What's this you've done to me? Why didn't you tell me she's your wife? Why did you say she's my sister so that I'd take her as my wife? Here's your wife back. Take her and get out. Pharaoh ordered his men to get Abram out of the country. They sent him and his wife and everything he owned on their way. Okay, I will 
pause here a second to let y'all gather your composure. Maybe pick up your jaw off the ground even. <laughs> I'll be honest, the first time I noticed this passage, I was absolutely shocked. I grew up in church, and I knew all about Abraham, but somehow I had never heard mention of this little detail. Sarah was Abraham's wife and literally married the Pharaoh to protect him from being killed. I mean, can you even imagine? <laughs> the Bible doesn't mention how Sarah feels in this situation, but as a woman, I have to think that she was racked with all kinds of emotions. Fear, sadness, maybe even resentment or shame. After all, she obeyed what her husband asked her to do, but I doubt she felt she had any say in the matter. Obeying her husband put her in the position of being in a sinful and painful situation that felt wildly out of her control. There is no definite say on how long Sarah was in the Pharaoh's household, but to be honest, any time married to another man apart from your own husband would have been enough to cause emotional damage. Hey guys, I just wanted to pause for a minute to tell you some really exciting news. I mean, I'm really excited about it. I have watched every episode of The Chosen from the first two seasons, and drumroll please, the wait is over. The Chosen season three begins in theaters November 18th. I'm so excited. The theme of season three is, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Matthew 11:28. This season, our most consequential and emotional chapter yet, picks up right where season two left off, but turns up the heat. Jesus delivers the most famous sermon in history, and what follows are the consequences of living out his teachings. The honeymoon is over. Both followers and enemies of Jesus multiply, stirring new troubles, tensions, and tough questions, many of which you've no doubt asked yourself. But in the midst of upheaval, Jesus gives rest. Episode 1 and 2 will begin in theaters, guys, starting November 18th. Mark your calendar. The episodes will start releasing for free in the Chosen app before Christmas. And if you want more information on this, just visit thechosentickets.com. And now back to our story. Now, I'll skim over the chronology of what happens next for Abraham and Sarah. Hold on because I'm hitting the high points and fast. Abraham and Lot both became so wealthy that the land couldn't support both of their livestock, so they decided to part ways. Lot moved away and eventually, Abraham learned he was captured by foreign kings along with others in the land that he moved to. Abraham rescued him. Then the word of the Lord came to Abraham to tell him that he would have an heir one day and descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And though Abraham was old at this time, he believed God. Eventually though, Sarah became impatient and gave her maidservant, Hagar, to Abraham as a wife so that they may bear a child. Remember. Sarah is beyond childbearing age now, too, because she is likely in her late 70s. Hagar did become pregnant and gave birth to a son, Ishmael. Abraham was 86 when Ishmael was born. Thirteen years later, when Abraham was 99 years old, God appeared to him to tell him that he will set up his covenant with him and multiply him greatly. This is when God renames him from Abram to Abraham and Sarah to Sarah. Soon after, 
they had three visitors appear at their tent, who told Abraham and Sarah that they would have a baby boy around the same time next year. Sarah laughed upon hearing this. The men then described how God was going to bring destruction upon Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham pleaded for God to spare the evil cities if enough righteous people could be found there because his lot nephew and his family resided there. God then sent angels to rescue Lot and his family from the city before its destruction. Whew! I hope your head isn't spinning from all this. A lot happened in the span of 25 years. But it leads me to the next verse I'm about to read. Genesis 20, verse 2 through 4. Abraham traveled from there, south of the Negev, and settled down between Kadesh and Shur. While he was camping in Gerar, Abraham said of his wife Sarah, She is my sister. So Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent for Sarah and took her. Okay, I'll just finish reading here and summarize the rest. Can you believe it? Not just once, but twice is Sarah put in this position. This time, though, God did give Abimelech a dream and told him the truth. And he released her and sent her on her way with riches and their choice of places to live. It must have been a huge relief to Sarah to be released, but... Can't you just imagine all of those emotions and hurts welling back up in her mind and spirit? And here's the other thing to note. By this point, God had already given her a promise. He promised her that she would have a baby in her old age. Not just any baby, but the son of Abraham, the seed of many nations, with descendants as numerous as the grains of sand. It makes me wonder if she even felt worthy of this blessing. I mean, we saw the past she endured, and we can only imagine the thoughts that plagued her from that time in her life. Have you ever been there, haunted by the past? Maybe even after you know that God has promised you something more. The enemy loves to hold us in shame, but God isn't intimidated. He will use the most unexpected people with the most unexpected history. He'll raise them up and remind them of the title they really hold. Child of God, chosen, worthy, cherished, loved. Sarah was a barren woman. She was old and had a broken past. Many of the things she experienced were beyond her control. She may have even held on to shame for many years. Not just because of circumstances, but because of her barrenness. As I reflect on her life and the way God chose her and used her anyway, I'm reminded how much more He can use those of us who have also felt trapped by the past. By feelings the enemy brings up over and over again to try to keep you from answering God's call. So today, I want to encourage you. God's grace covers shame, and His love redeems and restores your story. Surrender those wounds to Him and walk in the freedom He offers. Living in the past will kill your calling and will keep you from the future God has waiting for you. Don't allow shame to steal God's promises from your life. Instead, I pray that today you'll grasp hold of what God says about you. Hold on to His promises and remember how much God will multiply your faith when you do. Thank you so much for listening today. If this episode has encouraged you, please feel free to share it with your family and friends. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world today, 
and my hope is that this show is a candle in the dark.